Go follow our TikTok page to enjoy additional History of North America content, including original, short, 60-second capsules. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. One of our most dedicated listeners, CJ, who also views each episode on YouTube, sent me a recording comprising excerpts of scholarly works describing Elizabethan England's first attempts at colonizing the New World by establishing a foothold on the eastern coast of North America, known as the Roanoke Voyages of 1584 to 1590. The voyages to North America made between 1584 and 1590 under the auspices of Sir Walter Raleigh are known to history as the Roanoke Voyages since they centered on Roanoke Island in the then territory of Virginia, now the modern state of North Carolina. The Roanoke Voyages were a significant episode in the sea war between Elizabethan England and Spain, since it is now clear that their short-term objective was to facilitate privateering by the establishment of a mainland base in North America from which the Spanish Indies and the fleets coming from them might be more effectively attacked. They have, too, some appreciable scientific interest. In the course of them, Englishmen, for the first time, set out seriously to explore, map and survey the natural resources and native society of any part of North America. The methods employed illustrate the process of technical and scientific development in the later 16th century, while the results, so far as they became known in Europe, appreciably enlarged and corrected existing knowledge of that part of the New World which was still least known and understood in the old. The voyages, further, stand at the threshold of the period of English settlement in North America and represent the first English attempts to plant garrisons and enduring communities on North American soil. Though the colonial experiments failed, they are of considerable interest in revealing the economic and social factors involved in overseas settlement, and a study of them should lie at the foundations of any history of the first British Empire or of the United States. In the late 1490s, John Cabot explored and claimed a portion of eastern Canada for England. By 1502, the English had organized syndicates to exploit fisheries and were actively engaged in trading in the new territory. They retired from further exploration and development while Spain became the dominant power in the New World. When Spanish treasure ships began to transport enormous wealth from their New World settlements, England took notice. At the beginning of the 1580s, the balance of power at home and abroad was against England's Queen Elizabeth. By the end of the decade, however, she had expanded her realm and reached the zenith of her personal popularity. England ruled the seas, and in spite of religious conflicts and invasion threats that punctuated the era, English merchants expanded trade and increased their wealth. Some of them invested heavily in privateering and in schemes to colonize the New World. The Roanoke voyages of 1584-1590 were a part of this great Elizabethan expansion. The first phase of England's re-entry into New World colonizing was initiated by Sir Humphrey Gilbert and continued by his half-brother Sir Walter Raleigh. Based on Cabot's claim of Eastern Canada, Queen Elizabeth granted letters patents to Gilbert to discover and colonize territory in the New World not already claimed by any Christian prince. After an aborted voyage in 1578, Gilbert sailed again and took possession of Newfoundland in 1583. 
He died at sea during the return voyage to England. Shortly thereafter, Raleigh obtained letters patents to plant settlements in the unplaned area south of Gilbert's territory and north of Spanish Florida. In 1584, Raleigh and his investors sent two barks under the command of Philip Amadas and Arthur Barlow, members of Raleigh's household, to discover a suitable place for establishing a military bastion in the New World. Their plan was to find a hiding place where English ships could retreat after having raided the Spanish treasure fleet. The explorers found what they considered to be an ideal location on Roanoke Island in what is now North Carolina. The island is situated between the outer banks and the mainland and is surrounded by shallow sounds. Even though the English found entry to the sounds to be treacherous, Barlow's report to Raleigh about the new country and its people was positively glowing. In spite of the escalating Cold War between England and Spain, Raleigh and his backers reacted to Barlow's report with great speed and enthusiasm. In 1585, they sent a colony of 108 men to establish a military settlement on Roanoke Island. Sir Richard Grenville transported the first settlers to the coast of modern North Carolina, made preliminary explorations of the area, put the Queen's equerry Ralph Lane in charge of the colony, and returned to England for supplies, capturing Spanish ships along the way. In the 11 months that followed, Lane and his men explored Roanoke Island and the surrounding area and assessed the economic potential of its resources. Deteriorating relations with the Native Americans and a shortage of food and supplies created severe hardships for the fledgling settlement. The situation was worsened by Grenville's failure to resupply them at the appointed time. Disheartened, the colonists abandoned the settlement and returned to England in June 1586 with Sir Francis Drake, for some incalculable reason, had stopped by the outer banks at the end of his West Indian voyage. After Lane's untimely departure, Raleigh's relief ship arrived at the settlement, but finding it deserted, returned to England. Shortly thereafter, Sir Richard Grenville arrived. Finding the area abandoned, he left about a dozen men with provisions for two years to hold the fort. He then returned to England and reported to Raleigh. England was in turmoil. Shortly after the abrupt exit of Raleigh's first colony, the Roman Catholic Mary Queen of Scots was convicted of treason and executed. As a result, conflicts with Spain escalated beyond hope of peaceful resolution. Apparently undeterred by the gathering storm, Raleigh subgranted a portion of his New World territory around the Chesapeake Bay to a syndicate chartered as the city of Raleigh. This second colony was to be less military in approach. The venture included about 120 men, women, and children. John White, artist of the 1585 colony, was named governor and 12 assistants were appointed to him. Raleigh's personal interest in the colony was restricted to the use of his name for the settlement. He certainly assisted in the organization, definitely used his influence to facilitate matters, and no doubt understood that the balance of his property in the New World would escalate in value if White's settlement succeeded. There is, however, no evidence that Raleigh expected any financial profit from the 1587 colony. White and his colonists departed from England in May 
and disembarked at Roanoke Island to check on the relief party left there the year before by Sir Richard Grenville. For reasons which are far from clear, Governor White and his colonists settled on Roanoke Island, at least temporarily, instead of traveling to their intended destination on the Chesapeake Bay. Plagued with a shortage of food and supplies, and unable to coexist peaceably with the Native Americans, the colony experienced difficulty from the outset. On August 27, just 37 days after the colonists' arrival on the Carolina coast, Governor John White left the settlement and returned to England for supplies. The outbreak of war with Spain in 1588 thwarted White's prompt relief of the colony. He did not return to Roanoke Island until 1590. By then, the settlement had been abandoned and the word Croton had been carved on a post of the fort. White was clearly not surprised and was even encouraged by his discovery of the message presumably left for him by his settlers. The Croton Indians were friends of the colonists. White assumed that some or all of his planters had relocated to the barrier island near where his ship rode at sea. Because of inclement weather and White's own lack of authority, his fellow voyagers aborted their search for the colonists and sailed to England. White never returned to the North Carolina coast, and the fate of his colony remains shrouded in mystery to this day. Did you know that word of mouth is the best way to grow a podcast? It helps us expand our audience by getting us more notice and keeps us going and growing. So please, folks, spread the word to family and friends. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. <laughs>